effect now as tributes continue to pour in for human rights lawyer advocate George Bezos, who passed away yesterday. Uh, Bezos had died at the age of 92 here in Johannesburg and uh, was forced to flee a war in Greece as a teenager and became a South African lawyer of international standing. Let's take you down memory lane uh, from when I hosted him on the 16th of March 2018 on the then Forum at 8. There was injustice in the village in which I was born. My father was the elected mayor of the village. In the <coughs> in nineteen thirty four. He did very well road, water, better school, but a dictator took over in 1936. My father was given an option, jail, if you don't resign as mayor. He did, but he still remained. The, the mayor of the village for the majority. And then Italy attacked Greece. He, even though he was beyond the age where he had to be a soldier, he nevertheless volunteered. And Allied soldiers from Australia, New Zealand, the United Kingdom, Canada, came to Greece and Germany decided that they couldn't go to the Soviet Union and leave behind country like Greece where the allies had been given a place and my father after the fall of Greece to Germany was told by a shepherd that at midday when he took his flock to the watering hole there were people hiding there, but they went into the bush where she got near. My father inferred that there were Allied soldiers who were blocked in mainland Greece. There were seven New Zealanders. seven New Zealanders, four other Greeks, my father and myself. I insisted on going along, even even if I was 13, going for 14. And uh, we were picked up in the middle of the Mediterranean Sea 
the third at the end of the third day just before sunset sixteen ships of the British Navy on the horizon going fast to Crete in order to a Greek island a large island in order to evacuate the Allied soldiers. One of the ships <laughs> responded to the murder of one of the New Zealanders, cut away from the 16 ships, came, threw down the ropes, we abandoned the boat, <laughs> and then we were told that we were on the ship for, for three days, hitting German, German Stukas. But they told us that we couldn't go to Crete because it has fallen. But they would take us to Alexandria in Egypt, which they did. And uh, <laughs> my father was told that he had to go to uh, Cairo mm -hmm. for um, uh, to be at a refugee camp. But the woman, the consul, said that this camp was not for a boy like me. <laughs> there was an orphanage in Alexandria, and uh, I must go there. But my father could come on Sundays to see me. We were there for three months. Egypt was in danger because Roma of Germany had come to North Africa. And um, my father was told that he could choose together with others either India or South Africa. But he said uh, the South Africa was chosen because he heard that you could pick up diamonds and gold on the pavements. <laughs> <laughs> we came on the Ile de France, the island of France, the biggest ship, with 1,500 Italian prisoners. Hundred and forty-five Greek refugees and people for Baraguana's hospital who had tises from the, uh, the sand of North Africa. And I was taken by my father and uh, one of the people in the Greek community to Pretoria boys. I only lasted three days. I couldn't <laughs> speak English. They said, no. My father heard that there was an orphanage in Johannesburg. We couldn't speak English, but my father went to a shopkeeper near the orphanage to act as interpreter. 
model I was too young they only took people who were old enough to find a job and this was never and the shopkeeper said hey um, you haven't got anywhere to place when you are working the shop can be a good teacher for him I worked in the shop for three and a half years no schooling how old were you at that time your father during this time he was given the job at uh, the uh, munitions factory in Pretoria he really became a sweeper of the floor because he wasn't an engineer but um, he was ambitious he wanted me to become a doctor and um, My marks were not good enough and I went to the secretary of the medical school and said go to the faculty of arts for a year do well come back and you will have you but were you interested in that or were you just doing it because your father wanted you to well you know was very uh, he only had uh, uh, 
sort of minimal education, but he was uh, keen that his children, four of us, uh, got a good education. And uh, I went to Wits in 1948, in May 1948, the Nationalist party won the election. One of the members of parliament asked the prime minister what is going on at this university of the Witwatersrand? Using the K word he said that they sit in the same room as white boys and girls. And some case walk arm in arm with white girls. That is against our policy. It has to stop. And Malan reported that he was told by the university that unfortunately there was a small group of leftists who were responsible for that behavior and he was assured, Malan was assured by the authorities that uh, steps will be taken, that that sort of behavior will stop. The next day there was a protest meeting out of 4,000 students, about a thousand were in the Great Hall. And uh, most of the students had fought in the war. They were very upset with the nationalist party government. And uh, as young as I was, I made a speech. If wanting equal treatment for our black fellow students makes me a leftist, I'm proud to be one. Uncle George, you know, all the work that you've done, because we could we could talk to you the whole day, but of course uh, we don't have that luxury. Um, many people do know the stories, uh, the very prominent cases uh, that you actually uh, were part of and represented uh, some of the people who stood trial. Which one of those would you say um, was the one that really stood out for you for whatever reason you know one of the cases whether it's because it's, it remains unsolved or you know whether uh, it's because of the impact that the uh, situation demanded which case has really stood out for you for these many that you've been involved in i became a lead in 1954 and I had, after what I said about being proud, Dr. Botlana, who was a student 
third year medicine was a friend and he came and said Nelson Mandela heard that I made the statement he wanted to meet me he was three years ahead of me as a lawyer and um, we became friends and uh, I did a lot of cases in the 50s particularly for women because in the 50s a law was passed that women had to carry passes they didn't have to before that and I did a lot of those cases for the firm of Mandela and Tambo who were uh, attorneys there were a couple of white attorneys and particularly two women and particularly Shalama Mala who, to whom all the women went after they had burned their passes they were arrested and I did a lot of cases in the 50s particularly for Mandela and Dhamma in 1956 Mandela Oliver Tambo a hundred others were arrested and charged with treason I wasn't one of the official lawyers but I had Izzy Basils Brown Fisher Bernard Berenger the top people but they needed new ones to do some research work and I became involved in the research and I would meet Nelson Mandela, Oliver Tambo, Maisels, Brom Fisher, and and what happened in the end of 55 the first African member of the bar as advocate Dumanokwe who was a mathematics teacher but he kicked out of office because he took part in the bar function against the government mm. and particularly because his wife who was a teacher uh, was arrested for burning her boss but anyway uh, the question of uh, the accommodation of the first advocate of the Johannesburg War 
there were 22 applications to enter the group of easy basils, the best advocate in the country. I applied, and for some reason or other, I was made a member of the group. When Dumanokwe came to the bar, the small number of Afrikaner nationalists, when they heard that he was going to become a member of the bar, called for a meeting of the bar to bar him from becoming a member. Basil's, who was the leader of my group, had arranged with me that I would share with Dumanokwe chambers at His Majesty's building. And Munich, who became a judge in the Transkyl, very Afrikaner nationalist, called for a meeting to, for the bar to say that Dubalokwe must go up in an office in Soweto. He wasn't to be with the white advocates in the center of Johannesburg. And at the meeting, even though Bezos had agreed with me that I would share the chambers that I had been given, played the dumb, and at the meeting, Munich said, we are short of space. Here is the Dumanokwe coming and we're going to give him an office. We are short of space. We share. And he's going to come here and take a room. And uh, he said, my measles said, who said that he would take a room for himself? He's going to share like all the newcomers do. And uh, Munich said, and who would share with him? Basil said, let's try and find out, even though he had arranged that I would be sharing with him. He said, let's try and find out. Is there anyone prepared to share with him? What my Adam? Bezos, eh? that's your name. You'll share. <laughs> this meant a lot for me, for my family, his family. He had three daughters. He had a bad death in exile because he had to flee. But uh, I became involved in the political cases, and particularly the revival case. Mm. And that, 
Uncle George Bezos, who left us last night at the age of 92. And may his wonderful soul rest in peace.